Hey guys, happy December. We are just a few short weeks away from the end of 2020, which I think all of us are kind of looking forward to hitting the reset button. But in case you missed the announcement, I am taking the month of December off from creating new content for the podcast, but I'm still going to be showing up in your feed just in case you need something to listen to as you are wrapping gifts or tying up loose ends with your edits and things like that. This week, what I am doing is I am bringing to you the recording of a podcast where I was the guest. So if you've never heard of it before, the Tog Republic is a fantastic resource for photographers. It's a great podcast. It's run by my friend Carolina Guzik, and I was her guest um, for episode 92 earlier this year. So today you're going to hear that uncut interview. You get to hear me on the other side of the microphone, and you get hopefully, to experience a new podcast that you may not have heard of before, and which may be a great thing to add to your feed for next year. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Carolina on the Tog Republic. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Tog Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. Republic. I am Carolina Gusik, your host, and today with us, a fantastic photographer. She has been actually uh, in the podcast before, so I'm excited to welcome her back. And I need token, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Carolina? I am well and excited to have this conversation with you because it's been, I think, over a year since we last spoken. And in a year, you have done so much. Now you have your own podcast also that is called It Can Be That Hard, which I love the name. And you also have, you know, you have created so, like great things within this year that we haven't spoken. So I'm excited about, you know, talk about all these things. I'm super happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, being on your podcast, maybe that was the maybe that was the thing that inspired all this growth and change, huh? Love it. If you know, if I can inspire somebody to just go ahead and use your voice and start something new and help the community, I think that's great because listen, people think that oh, there's a lot of educators out there and I think that actually no. And everybody, you know, everybody has something to teach and everybody will have an audience and I'm excited for you and you know, all the things that you're going to talk to us today. Thank you. So let's, let's, I mean, let's start with, I mean, today's topic is about how to, you know, use the strategies that are going to help you, you know, within your business, even when you can be technically present. And I know that as photographers, that is just a crazy thought to have that, that we're not going to have income, but also it is a reality because we are the photographer, right? Like if, if we get ill or if something happened to us, there is no income coming. And that's something that you're here today to guide us and teach us something new. So 
Yeah. So I've been in business as a family photographer for 10 years and gosh, three and a half years ago, I got divorced, which was a really big wake up call for me in terms of, I had been running a profitable business for all the time that I had been in business, but it was, it was built using in-person sales. And basically when all of a sudden I needed to be making all of the money in for myself and my two kids, I realized that I didn't have enough time in the week to, to do enough work to get enough income. And in-person sales is a really time consuming way to make your money, even though you make good money doing it. And so I basically was in this situation where that time for money trade that we often get stuck in as solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. I was trading so much time for the money that I was making that I couldn't make enough money. So I had to figure out how to make it's, you know, photography is not when we're doing custom work, it's not infinitely scalable, but it's more scalable than I was doing at the time. So I had to really get down to work about how to make my business more efficient. And in the past three and a half years, I basically, I've really started looking at that in my business and I've been able to make it more and more and more efficient. So in the last year, when I sort of transitioned into doing more education and things like that, that's really my focus is helping other photographers figure out how to take this business model that we all have, which is usually pretty inefficient and make it more efficient because not only does that help you with the money piece of it, it does make it something that you're more, you're able to do over a longer period of time because it's not killing your, your time. You know, I mean, I think that in the beginning when we have all this really, you know, our hearts are just so full of this passion and energy for, for photography, which mine still is, but when you're when you're working 60 hours a week or when it's cutting into your family time or um, when it's not serving you in the way that you had initially wanted it to serve you, it can burn you out pretty fast. So my my goal is to help other photographers get out of that and run a business that works for them. I love that. And I love you touch at the point of one burnout. And I think that we all have gone through it. As you said, when we start this business, we get really enthusiastic about it. And it's almost kind of like, if I might say a little bit of like a naive, you know, concept that we have. And it's like, oh, it's going to be perfect. And then once you start doing the work, it's like, holy moly, I didn't know it was going to be, you know, this time consuming or this intense. And as you said, you know, especially for, you know, people that are doing this that have kids at home, especially like small kids that they need to like help a lot with homework and things like that. Or as you said, single moms doing, you know, running in like one income home, this could be really hard. It's a lot of time consuming. And I think that sometimes because the alternative is just like, oh, I'm just going to like do kind of like a flat fee that still is very low. So you're not making the money. So you ended up in this kind of like hamster wheel that is just like, what I'm doing is not enough to sustain my family. And I'm super excited to, you know, again, further this conversation about like how to still have kind of like a luxury studio or, you know, photography business, something that is customizable, something that you, you know, that you can make more money than just a flat fee of like, shoot and burn. Yeah. It's still, you know, taking care of your time and your family and all that. And as you said, creating a system that it's going to support that. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, I, <laughs> it's funny because I, 
I tell stories about not only was I doing in-person sales, I was doing things like hand-making folios for people. I had a large format fine art printer. I was making all my own prints and cutting them and everything was super, super, super custom. And so I was making all of the, I shouldn't say mistakes. There is certainly value to that piece of the art. And I love that I learned how to do all of that thing. But when I went through this phase of like, I have to get, you know, unless I'm going to go get a completely different job and go back to work in a more corporate environment where I have a paycheck, I have to figure out how to make this sustainable and doable over the long term. And so I was having to cut all of these things out of my business. And I was terrified that I was going to lose all of my client base that I had had for six or seven years, you know, families that had come to me year after year. And I was thinking like, all of a sudden this is going to change dramatically and I'm going to lose them to other people. And what I found was that, you know, my clients are busy people too. They have families too. And some of them, I think maybe missed the handholding a little bit, but the system that I created, which I call the simple sales system, and which I have since partnered with PickTime to create a an app for, that basically, it's almost like a hybrid of uh, shoot and burn or all-inclusive sales mm-hmm. and in-person sales, where I take all these lessons that I learned from in-person sales and I turn them into an automated process that takes a bit of time to set up in the beginning. But then once you have it set up, it's like, it's, I I tell people all the time, it's literally as easy for me to manage as all inclusive sales. From the time that I finish the editing process and hit the send button on the uh, email that sends them the, the link to their gallery, I don't, I don't have to do anything at all but my sales averages are the same as they were when I was doing in-person sales. So, mm, well, well everybody, <laughs> it, I, I like to think that, and you know, it's now sort of my mission to, to show as many other people as possible how to do this. Cause unless you're, I don't, you know, it's not, it is for portraits. It's not necessarily set up for weddings, although I'm working on how to figure that out. So, but if you're doing portraits, it's, it's a good, it's a good system. I think that's great because sometimes people, especially let's say from wedding photographers, kind of like when they also want to add, you know, a genre of like family photographers, because in my eyes, it makes complete sense, right? I'm like, now you have served this couple and what a great opportunity to continue to be their photographer for life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Seasons for weddings. Again, weddings are seasonal. It's not something that happened all year long. So that could be a great you know, addition to your photography. And I think a lot of wedding photographers fall into that kind of like mentality that is like, oh, this is going to be so much consuming. This is going to be a lot of time. I don't, I don't have the energy. I don't want to do this. So I love that you are, you know, presenting kind of like an idea or a system that could be really good for, you know, for photographers that are transitioning. And also could be for people like my, like I, when I used to do lifestyle, I used to do like in-person meeting, not sales, like before the session, like I would go to the house and meet the family. Gosh, just driving to their homes was 45 minutes, just one way. So that was, that was too much. So like, I like that you, you know, that as business, we all the time, we have to think how to make things more efficient, how to innovate, how to like change things a little bit. And again, an opportunity for people that think that there is only one way to do things. There is many ways to do the same and have a great outcome. You just have to like always think of like, you know, how to make things better for you and your business. So yeah. I'm here for it. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that that's such a good lesson in general in business is that you can't, I don't want to say you can't get, you can't sit still for too long, but you can't get complacent about how things are going. You have to constantly be sort of asking yourself, how can I make this better for my clients? How can I make this better for myself? (laughs) And because I do, it is a, it's a competitive field, but you were talking about wedding photographers. And I actually, I have a lot of students who are combining, you know, hybrid wedding and family photographers who are looking in several cases to sort of start to transition. Mm -hmm. And that's, it is a trend that I see. A lot of people start out shooting weddings, either like in their mid to late twenties or early thirties. And then as their own lives move on, as they get older, as maybe their kids get older and they stop wanting, they start to get a little more protective of their weekends and they want to be working more during the week and things like that, they start to try and shift the balance of where their income is coming in to families. And what many of them tell me is that when they started shooting families, they did so because, you know, their clients were calling them and saying, oh, you know, we had a baby and we want to, we want you to take photos. To your point, it's a great opportunity to just keep a client. But when wedding photographers, they think of family shoots as this like, oh yeah, I'll just add on, it'll be a couple hundred bucks and I'll just shoot and burn it and it'll be whatever, a little extra income. But then when they're trying to shift that to be a bigger piece of their business, all of a sudden, you know, they can't raise their rates by a million percent and expect their clients to just think that that's perfectly fine. So what I've been enjoying is teaching wedding clients how to start making really significant income from their family, the family side of their business even if they're not trying to make that the main part of their business. I, you know, if you're set up properly, a family session, which only takes you an hour or two to shoot can easily make you, you know, in the, in the thousand to $2,000 range. And I don't like kind of regardless of where you're located. And if you're in certain big cities and things like that, you can, you can make that an even higher number. So it's, it can be a really, I, I am part of this new mastermind and all of them, like all the the photographers in this mastermind, they're only wedding photographers. Mm -hmm. And because of the pandemic right now and, you know, large weddings becoming intimate weddings and things like that. Now they're thinking like, well, I need to add a next layer to my business, which is family photography. So I was there. I'm the only one that is lifestyle and weddings in this group. So I was just like, listen, I was going to say this before you guys start thinking about this. I think it's great. I think it's, you know, a smart move. However, for the love of God, do not sell a family session with all the files for $400. I'm like, yeah, no sense. You're charging $8,000 for a wedding and you're giving so much value to a wedding. And then you come and do family sessions for like a couple hundred bucks. And that in the long term is not going to be profitable. You're going to be like, what the heck am I doing? This is not what I want to do. So please make sure that now that you are starting this transition, that you do it the right way. Yeah. And the funny thing is too, like, (laughs) you know, when you take photos of a couple and you give them their photos, and if you have conversations with them about individual photos, you'll ultimately have people being like, oh, I love this photo so much, but I hate the way you know, my arm looks or mm-hmm. oh, I hate, I, did, I had made a weird face or whatever. Nobody ever says that about pictures of their kids or their babies. <laughs> like I <laughs> ever, and I, and I, I say to people all the time, like, yes, of course, wedding photos are a, something that people are willing to invest in because the, you know, we have an industry that supports 
spending a lot of money on wedding photography, which is great, but people will always, 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 they can get divorced, <laughs> they can whatever, their family photos remain of high value. So unfortunately, culturally speaking, we have not yet gotten to a place or the sort of momtographer concept has taken root in a way that both photographers and our clients or potential clients have devalued family photography. But, you know, poll anybody, your house is on fire, you're going to run in, what are you going to grab? Your family photos um, and your wedding photos, but these are, they're, they're both valuable things. And so to devalue them out of the gate by putting a low price point on your, your work is it's crazy <laughs> I have why would you do that I have kind of like this kind of like story to tell as again I photograph families my average for families are a little bit over a thousand and as you mm -hmm. said it takes me an hour it's great so I met this other photographer and some and this is something that is going to happen you know sometimes you're going to get clients that that go with somebody else and that's just the name of the game right you have the clients that are stay with you forever and then some clients that, you know, go somewhere else. So this art photographer, I started getting some of a client that I had before. And, you know, we were talking about it and he didn't know that there were clients of mine before. And there were clients of mine for a couple of years. And, but he was charging less but he was saying like, Oh, you know, you know, they, they, they just pay these, they will never pay more. And I was like, well, I break the news to you. They used to pay more. So like they, they, the income is there. So like give yourself the value, yeah. right? So don't be afraid. I mean, don't think that people are not going to pay more because they are paying more. Yes, of course, if, you know, it could happen. They find somebody that is cheaper that they go with their, yes. But the main point here is like the income is there and they were doing it. So don't yeah. start from the beginning, just evaluating your work just because you're afraid that people are not going to pay the rate. Yeah. So and I, yeah, I'm also a big proponent. And you know, when I am teaching about my systems and everything, I try and take the guesswork out of pricing by really helping people just look at the numbers. It's not, it is, it does not have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be like a guesswork situation where you're just saying, well, this is what people in my area charge, or, you know, this is what my main competitor charges. So I'm going to charge that minus a hundred dollars. Like that's really the wrong way to go about it. And when you run those numbers and you look at it, you know, not only is there the, the hard fact of the amount of money that you need to make, but then there's, you know, coupled with like, what's your target market and, and what kind of thing, but there's a lot of psychology built into, to the tiers of, you know, how you get people to move from, spending the least amount that you want them to spend or that you need them to spend and then bumping them up. And that was, so I do, I, I feel like seven years of in-person sales was more than I needed to do <laughs> to learn these lessons. But those lessons really were what informed the simple sales system in such a way that has made it as successful as it has been, not just for me, but for, for the people who like, it's a very step-by-step -step process that I teach for free. And I can, I will give your listeners the link for that, but, but it just, it moves people down the path. Cause really when people are hiring us, they're not hiring us just for photos. They're really hiring us to they you know, they go on Instagram or they go on Facebook and they see other people's family photos or wedding photos. And they, it evokes a particular feeling for them. And when they call you, what they want is to have that feeling, but like substitute their family mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or the, their wedding. And so, so 
when, when it comes to getting that feeling, you really have to take them through all the way to the end where they've got those photos and they have something to do with them. So yeah, I talk a lot about that. And, and when you do that successfully, people are, I mean, obviously everybody is on a budget to, to whatever extent they're on a budget and, and there is sort of a hard finite amount of money that they're going to spend with you. But if you are giving them the right experience, it's something they're happy to pay for. But again, to go to that, of course, everybody has a budget. And of course, you know, there is so many other dynamics that play into, you know, family photography. But what I see, especially like in my city, you know, photographers that are within my circle, you know, we work very similar and they charge, let's say, $400 or inclusive. And I'm here like literally posting on my Facebook group, like the actual screenshots of the transactions and I'm making, you know, $1,500, $2,000 with a family session. So I think that the mistake that a lot of photographers make from the get-go, there is just like, well, nobody's going to pay that. So I'm just going to like, they don't even either do a little bit more of homework digging or they like immediately devaluate the whole process. And I think that's important too, you know, sure. to make a minute and be like, in reality, how much could this cost and how much could I charge for this without the easiest way, which is just like, you know, $300 will do. Right. Because well, at the end of the day, $300 doesn't do. Like it no. might be once, but like yeah. if you want to create real income from this, either you're going to have to work so many days mm-hmm. that you're like exhausted and you can't do anything else or, or it doesn't work at all. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com club to sign up. Yeah, I, I taught a class. So the last time I was on here, we were talking about the family narrative, which mm-hmm. is um, a conference that I help run. And a couple of years ago, I taught a class at the family narrative that was about aligning your business type with your pricing model. And I created these three sort of avatars for, for how that works. Because you can charge a very low rate and, and make really good money, but you have to be cranking work out. And you have to be really careful about not, cause what I, so I'm going to make this short. So I had three different main things. It was a unicorn business, a, a workhorse business and a donkey business. And the unicorn was like the super high price, fancy everything. And you like super in-person sales and all that stuff and the high price tag to go with it. The workhorse, which is what my business runs as is like a more streamlined, you're giving people a really good product, but you're making it you can do more of it because you're not doing as much work for a client. And then there's the donkey model where you're doing like high volume, low price tag. 
And then I talked about the dirty unicorn, which is like the thing that you see too often, which is somebody who's trying to give people that unicorn experience, but charge them like donkey prices for it. <laughs> and that, that's where people kill themselves, right? Like it's not, you can, you can make that low price tag work, but you have to set it up in a way that most independent photographers don't want to because that's more like your big business like the picture people at the mall or whatever the names of those you know that's where you have somebody who anyone who can press a button with studio lights and like there you've made a photo there's no real art to it it's just a product and most of us don't get into photography because that's what we want a hundred percent. So talk yeah. us a little bit about the actual system that you have. Tell, like, walk us through it. Let us, I mean, I'm all, all ears. <laughs> oh yeah. So it, it is, I don't want to, <laughs> if people listening to your podcast don't want to listen to the whole thing, I won't um, go into too much detail, but basically, like I said, it sort of takes the lessons of, of in-person sales and turns them into this automated system. So it starts, I always say step one is education. And I'm a big believer that like, no matter what your business model is, you have to be constantly educating people. A happy client is a client that knows what to expect and is not getting any unwelcome surprises. If you want to gift your clients with something, great, but you don't want them to call you up and be like, wait a minute, I thought all the files were included. They're not. So education is sort of step one, but it goes all the way throughout. I Step two is a phone call. So I teach... My, my students and I push very hard for an initial phone call. When someone wants to book you, you don't send them your prices on in a PDF or anything like that. You get on the phone and you talk them through your system. It's part of the education process, but it also you know, serves to differentiate you and establish that connection. And then the system itself or the, the way that my pricing is structured is that you start with a session fee which gives them a relatively low barrier to entry, but they are paying for your time and your talent. They're putting some money you know, on, on the line to begin with. But again, it lowers that barrier of entry, then you shoot the session. And then what happens is my clients get a slideshow. So when I used to do in-person sales, we always started with a slideshow of all the photos and they got to see all the photos and it's set to music and it kind of sets the mood and it, and it's something that they can look forward to. Cause again, they've been educated that they're going to get this slideshow, but they only get the slideshow for a very limited period of time. And during that time they pick a collection. And so I have three collections and all of my collections are the same. It's a certain amount of digital, uh, a certain number of digital files and a certain amount of print credit. And I go into this a lot in the masterclass that I teach sort of the why why they only get the slideshow for a limited period of time and why, why there are these three collections and the, and the piece of it that is sort of the magic piece is the print credit as opposed to me trying to build a collection of like you get a 16 by 20 and an album and a this. Like I do print credit, which is like a gift card that they spend in my store. And then they get, once they've chosen and paid for a collection, then they have their gallery open for a month during which they download their files and they use their print credit. And now that I've partnered with PickTime on this app, that is all rolled into, like I literally press a button and it's done, but I used to do it. And even if you're not a PickTime user, you can do this because it's, because before there was the app, I was just doing it manually. I would send the slideshow and then I would send them a, an invoice with their option of the three collections. And then I would send them the print credit and stuff like that in the form of like a, a digital coupon. So, so it, it's doable. It's just a little bit simpler if, if you happen to be on the PickTime platform where that app is just part of 
your subscription. And did you say the, the masterclass that you teach, when could people sign up for it? How does it work? I, I have it sort of in a thing where people can sign up for it anytime. They just go to my website, which is thiscan'tbethathard.com, and, and all my classes and stuff are linked up in the menu. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, this is fantastic. And I know there is more layers to it. And that's exactly what you have a masterclass. So you can like, yeah, it takes a little bit longer uh, to explain it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm sure that I mean, who I mean, I really encourage people that are listening to this episode to either if you right now are not considering, you know, transition, go on educate yourself and see if this is something that is going to make sense for your business. And if this is something that maybe, maybe right now you're like, eh, no, but then you go and watch the masterclass and you're like, well, this seems so much doable than what I thought it was going to be. So yeah. And I have people who do it with boudoir. I have people who do it with engagement sessions. Like it, it, even if you're not currently doing family sessions, the one thing or the few things that it really doesn't work for, you know, if you're, it does need to be something where people are going to want something other than just digital files. Even if they say, I just want digital files. Like if someone hires you to shoot a headshot, they really don't care about having a print of that. But I think that's safe to say. <laughs> Nobody um, wants a 24 by 32 of their headshot. Come on. <laughs> that's maybe, who knows? But, but yeah, so I, I often say, you know, if that's the sort of work that you're doing, this is probably not the right thing. And then with weddings, I've actually had people use them for elopements where the people don't necessarily need every single photo, but I feel like the industry standard with weddings right now is that all the digital files are delivered. And if that is the case, it really doesn't work with this particular system because you are tiering the, mm -hmm. the packages with, with the number of digital files. I like that you touch about, gosh, for a second, I just forget what I was going to say. And you talk about like digital files and mm -hmm. how the standards are. And yes, for weddings, it is a standard to get all your photos, like all the final edited pictures. Yeah. And I think that sometimes for, you know, people that are transitioning to family photography, they're like, well, that's going to be also the standard. We're going to give all the files, which again, do your business however you want to do. But the great thing about family photography is that you actually have the opportunity to create artwork for the house and yeah. that you can create beautiful books okay, I mean with weddings of course you have albums and all that but like with family pictures there is that opportunity to like dive into actually decorating somebody's house and I'm yeah. not saying that can happen with weddings but I think that's a little bit smaller with weddings like yeah people get maybe a couple of prints but like with family photos they tend to go like you know depending on your style and things like that but people could get huge photos of their families and you know different sizes to like decorate and I think that's again an opportunity for you as a photographer to educate yourself in how kind of like the industry the family industry works so like if you're right now wedding and you're trying to transition also go do some homework <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean I yeah, right it it is a special kind of person who decorates their entire house with photos from their wedding <laughs> but, and, and I don't even necessarily advocate that people decorate their entire house with their family, but I don't, I have, I have artwork like paintings and things like that in the downstairs of my house and the upstairs is more family photos. But the cool thing about family photos is that you are, you have that client over and over and over again, right? Like their kids change, their family changes, they add more kids, whatever. And so, so I, you know, one of the things that I actually encourage my clients when I first start working with them 
and this is this is a technique that I learned in the in the um, restaurant industry many years ago. But one of the things that I like when I was a twenty year old waiter, I had a boss who was um, really big on the the soft upsell and the <laughs> I can't remember whatever what he called it something where it was like the something downsell where somebody would be like, I want this bigger ticket item. And you would say, you know, if you're interested in that, let me just also point out, if you do it this way, it'll be less expensive, but I think you're really going to love it. And what happens is that you make a little bit less money and you establish all the trust, trust with that person. So that person all of a sudden is like, oh, she's not just trying to steal all my money. She's really trying to get me what I want. And so I apply that in family photography. I've had people, especially when I was doing in-person sales, who would sit down and they were like ready to spend gobs of money and get these like plaster their walls from this one session. And I'd be like, as much as I would be happy to sell you $5,000 worth of canvases, <laughs> let's talk about the long-term strategy here. <laughs> this baby is going to get even cuter at the six month session. Let's wait and see, or let's wait and, you know, and add to your collection then. And then what I do is I walk them through the, you know, uh, you're going to put this wall gallery up the stairs. Great. Let's pick four from this session and then next year or six months from now i'll help you fill it even more and then and then you just have that same client over and over again and over the years you know you make so much more with them than if they blow all that money right up front and then they're like well <laughs> i don't have any more space on my walls anyway so i guess this one newborn session is just gonna be what we look at forever yeah i think i mean i think that's that's great and it's also so important to listen to what your client wants. I yeah. have the same experience with, as you said, actually clients that I had gone into their houses and their houses are extremely modern and beautiful artwork. And they're like, I, I just, I love my family, but I just don't want a gigantic canvas on my family, you know, well, that's not the style of my house. And yeah. you need to understand that and you need to respect that and you need to know how to pivot from there. So I was like, great. What about a book? I was going to say, album. <laughs> so it's like, you don't have to post it, but you at least have it and it's beautiful. So like there is an art into, you know, having to sell. And again, I'm, I'm glad the industry is moving from the hard sell that is just like, no, 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 you need to get this. I think it's really important to understand your clients, to listen to them and to, as you said, be savvy, right? They take, take the opportunity and pivot it in a way that they're going to trust you and that you are actually serving them, not just like Absolutely. thinking about yourself. And you know, a lot of people, when I first talk, start talking about like, oh, the simple sales system, they're like, ah, 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 I hate sales, I hate selling, I just wanna do all inclusive. And I, I always counter that with like, I hate sales too, in terms of like, I hate, I don't, I would never sign up to sell anything that I didn't firmly believe in. I very strongly know, I don't even believe, I know, that you will never regret spending money on photos of your family. Hard stop, period. Like you will get, you, those photos just increase in value over time. And I feel like, so when I am helping someone get photos up on their walls, if I am helping someone go through the, sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of a barrier to like, even if they're willing to spend the money on an album, like album revisions can be a, a speed bump for people where they're like, uh, yeah, I'm busy. Da, da, da. getting them from A to B in the end. I mean, I, I'm sure you have this too. I have people who call me up years later to maybe to schedule a session, but maybe just to say, I just want to tell you, 
I was, you know, we're moving right now and I was rehanging our photos from, from seven years ago or whatever it is. I can't thank you enough. I love them so much. And every time I walk past them in the hall, it brings me so much joy. Things like that. Like it really, it, it makes, it connects me to the importance of the work that we do. And I feel like they wouldn't really, my clients wouldn't feel that way if they were like, I stumbled upon those files that were in a folder <laughs> on my hard drive. A very scary thing that happened to me this year. And this is actually the second time that happens to me in 10 years of doing business. So I don't, and this is kind of like I have nothing to do, but now I'm telling the stories. <laughs> uh, I don't archive anything on my computer. Only yeah. the session that I am currently editing is on my computer. Everything yeah. else is archived in two external hard drives. And then all the external hard drives are connected to Backblaze, which is a yep. cloud system. Yeah. Well, this year, a couple of, like actually last month, suddenly out of nowhere, my, I call it my master USB drive. Mm-hmm. Drop, like it's not right. happening, it's not working. It's like the thing runs and it's just like, it's, it, all, it sounded like an old car, like, like I was like, oh my God. But then I'm like, oh, I have another, you know, I have the backup. So I, I, I'll worry about that later. Two weeks later, the backup dead. Oh no. All my photos from 10 years, all my clients, all my family photos, everything oh. in there. Thank God I had Backblaze, you know, yeah. I recover everything. But I do this because I'm a professional. I yeah. can guarantee you my clients don't even have external hard drives. Nope. And I know this for a fact because I have gotten those emails like, my computer died and I lost all my photos. Do you still have that? Yeah. So, no, as you said, nobody is. And, and, and I even tell this to my clients. You, you want the digital files because that's what you think you want. And yes, you want them for social media. Fantastic. Nobody's going to sit in front of the computer you know what? I'm feeling really nostalgic. Let me go and look for those files. What are those files? Do I even have those files? Somebody's going to do that. Totally. And I mean, like I, in fact, my own photo organization prior to, I don't know, for the first three years of my business, it was all over the place. Like I didn't really have a system. I just sort of named things the way that I want. I mean, it, it was again, all <laughs> over the place. So it is funny. I have, you know, periodically somebody will call me and be like, I can't find my photos or the drive got corrupted or whatever. Can you send me um, copies? And I'm like, well, what year was our session? Maybe I will try. If it's from about six years ago on, you're, you're covered. No problem. But yeah, it is. And so of course, and even if we provide our clients with like, this is a guide to how to maintain your digital media and all that sort of stuff. Like nobody has time for that. Or they're like, I'll do it. Reading later. that guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. You. Because I, again, I send that guy to everybody that buys digital sure. files. Do they read Maybe it? 5%, maybe. And they're only the ones who are like, I am, I'm an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I read your guide and I put it all together. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, I, I, I know, I, I know this is, it might sound scary if you don't do family sessions, but it will be worth it. And I think that what you're offering seems quite a beautiful hybrid between like in-person sales and all-inclusive. So it's kind of like a really good compromise that is really going to help your business in the long run. Yeah. And, and again, it, it helps your clients too. And the fact that it's all sort of 
deadline driven and like you have you know, a set amount of time to pick their collections and all that sort of thing. I, a lot of the students that come to me talk about, I spend so much time chasing my clients down, trying to get them to order. And it's not that they don't love their photos. They're just busy. All of that. I totally get it. I've been there around the block a million times. And so I, you know, I basically, when I, when this all kind of came down for me and I needed to put this together, it was daunting to create this like very specific path because I think most of us want to like afford our clients a lot of flexibility and like, well, what do you want? And I'm going to serve you however you want. But the fact of the matter is that most people don't like we are the experts and we, we serve our clients by showing them the best way to do something. Whereas, you know, it's sort of like if you have... <laughs> If you have a toddler and you ask them every day, well, what would you like to have for dinner? Like, good luck. You're going to be serving Pop-Tarts for dinner every day. <laughs> like, is that you, what you're, you're supposed to have for dinner? I don't know. Like, what I've been doing it wrong. No, during pandemic, you eat whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, no. So there is a certain sort of, by establishing yourself as the expert and showing them the way, you're not only making it better for yourself, you're really, in the end, making it better for them. They get more of what they want. I love this. So all this is going to be, you know, I'm going to post uh, the links to your masterclass and all that in the comments, but just if somebody is driving right now and they want to hear it, where could they find it? So you can go to my website, which is thiscan'tbethathard.com. It's pretty straightforward on there to navigate around. And then you can also find me. I also do a podcast, which is much more about sales and marketing or yeah, sales more. And that is, this can't be that hard, the podcast. Awesome. Everybody go listen to that on iTunes. Leave her a review. We all love that. I'm going to touch briefly on this because we, we had spoken, you know, privately about yeah. another thing that you have in your business that I think it's brilliant and super exciting, which is memberships. Like you have a membership concept and I was really mind blown when you told me about it. And now I, I want you to share this with everybody because I think it's okay. really good. I'll do the, I'll do the short version. The short version. Like just give us like a little bit of it and maybe we can elaborate in another episode. Absolutely. So the, so the simple sales system is like the bedrock of my business. But last year, two years ago, I had ankle surgery. I was out of work for three months unexpectedly. It was a big wake up call for me because with, even with simple sales, when I'm not actively working, I'm not actively making money. So, so I once again sort of turned to big business and tried to like look at what the, what, what are big businesses doing to make their income more um, stable and more predictable. And I, I started feeling like the solution might be in a membership. So I created a way for my family clients to basically take their annual family sessions or to make it so that they were getting annual family sessions. They were paying for it on a monthly basis. And, and now starting last fall, I invited my past clients and I would caution people if they listen to nothing other than this one podcast episode, mm -hmm. if this is an idea that sounds good to you, I would love to teach you more about it. But also if you're just going to do it on your own, don't offer this to just anybody. You need to establish a relationship with people first. But once you have a client, turning it into a, the class I teach on it is called revenue on repeat, but basically it's, they're paying you monthly and over the year, they end up having one session with you. And that, so I implemented that last August. And so during the spring this year, which who could have possibly predicted that there was going to be a pandemic that would prevent any of us from working 
every month I was still essentially earning a normal paycheck because my clients were, were auto, you know, their schedule. credit cards were being yeah paid on a schedule. So right now, as we're starting to be able to work again, I am, I have a lot of work to catch up on in terms of sessions, but I imagine that those would have been sessions that probably would never have gotten scheduled because, you know, everybody's lives got kind of turned upside down. So, so I'm really grateful for that. And I have now started teaching that because I know so many photographers are in a position where they would like to see their income become a little more stable. And this class is also under your website. Yeah, I, I actually just taught that. I don't know exactly when this podcast is going live, but I taught that as a live workshop, like a Zoom workshop kind of a thing. And I am in the process of converting it over to a, like a, a class that you can just purchase and take whenever you want. So depending on when the podcast drops, again, you will find that either the waiting list for that or the, the link to that class on my website. Awesome. I think that's a class that I'm really interested in taking because it sounds... I mean, as artists, sometimes we don't have a predictable income and the responses are really great. And then, for example, for me in Florida, the summer is dead. Right. Who wants pictures outside when it's 100 degrees with 100% right. humidity? Nobody. Yeah. So moving into a system like that could cover those months. Yeah, and maybe it takes your fall and spring money down a little bit in terms of, but it levels it out. And I have just found, especially again, as a single income earner in my house, it really helps me to be able to budget more. It's just a more sustainable thing. And then certain, certain months I'm shooting more, but, but it's, it's just more, it feels more like a business and not like, I wonder if I'm going to make any money next month. Kind of a hundred percent. So yeah. There is so much to learn from you and I am so Aww. happy that now you have that podcast so we can, you know, go every week and, you know, get some strategies. So once again, this can be that hard. You can find it, I'm assuming, on iTunes and Spotify. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. So go listen to it. And, and me, thank you so much for being in this uh, episode again today. I'm super grateful for, you know, all that you do for the community and for being a friend of the Talk Republic. I'm happy to Oh, I love the Talk Republic. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And, um, and I'm going to have to get you on my podcast sometime soon. Definitely. I would love that. And for all of you that are listening, I'm going to have the notes both on the I mean, the links both on the notes of this podcast. And right here, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, right on the description, I'm going to add a link to Anami's website so you guys can go and subscribe to both the masterclass and, you know, check out that class for like memberships. I think that's going to be really where business probably will move forward, you know, within the next couple of years. So awesome. do it before we get there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and I'll see you next time with another amazing guest. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for The Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week. Thank you.